Curtis being chased, thrown on the run, and it is caught. Touchdown, Keenan Allen. What a grab. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's the Warrior spirit right there, boy. Huge sack by Joey Bosa. 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. That's going to be picked off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James. Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Knighton. Caught. Touchdown, Chargers. That's the greatest throw I've ever seen. Yes, what is going on, everybody? It's Andy here, your host of Thunder Down Under Chargers podcast. We're back for part two of our 2023 opponent series series. And this week we are covering the AFC East. Jack, Alistair, thanks for joining me again. How are you both? Good, mate. Good. Great. Fantastic. Al, you Wonderful. doing good, man? Doing excellently, yeah. my friend. That's the thing. How's the beer? Nice and full? Have a look yourself. Good. <laughs> I like to hear it. like to see Dust it. Booked. love to see it. All right, without any further ado, Jack, do you want to kick us off, man, with the Buffalo Bills? Oh, where the Buffalo roam, the Buffalo roam. Uh, like with the Chicago Bears, I've put something together for, for uh, uh, both Alistair and Andy and for the listeners. And this is a love letter coming out of Buffalo. Dear Trader Dabs, Boru, Brand, Bree, it's your favorite Wyoming cowboy here. I just was wanted to tell you how life has been since you left me for that Duke douchebag and the Big Apple. Big cities were never my thing coming from humble Fireball, California. Famous for the Fireball Ferret during the California Gold Rush and me, the big arm, hard slinging son of a gun quarterback. Life has been okay. I enjoyed one of my best seasons yet, only behind Kermit and that smoky blowhard from Cincinnati. However, I did throw the most INTs in a season in my career. Sean is still Sean. Looking like Bill Burr's NFL-loving brother without the comedy, which I don't mind. And Ken, well, he's pretty good, to be honest. And his hair is fun to play with sometimes. But bri I do miss your shiny, bald head and your careless whispers in my ear on game day. I wish you didn't leave me out in the cold here in Buffalo. I know you deserve your head coaching position with the Eli Mannings, but is spending time with Dookie Duke as rewarding as those seasons with the Fresno kid? We had such fun. You were my Chrome Dome cowboy partner in crime. We did things together that took the NFL by storm. I just wanted to let you know that we play each other this year for the first time, and I feel weird about it. Can I hack your scene? Can I hack seeing your high five Daniel on the opposing sidelines? I'm not sure. If I catch you looking wistfully in my direction, I'll know you still love me, and I'll blow you a kiss as we beat the New York football dwarfs by three plus touchdowns. You know you'll never find another one like me, and you will always have a place in my heart. Love, Josh. P.S. <laughs> Jones sucks. <laughs> Oh, man. Is that Forrest Gump or Josh Allen? I wasn't I don't too know. sure. I, I, I watched a couple of videos of Josh Allen trying to get his accent. I'm sorry, Fireball California. That's not how they uh, speak. But really quickly from me, before I throw to you, Andy, um, the biggest thing that, uh, that the Buffalo Bills have had in their offseason is obviously losing Tremaine Edmonds in the middle of that defense. Um, and they play that base nickel. So they've got a lot of uh, defensive backs there to cover. But I think uh, they did they did re-sign Matt Milano or they extended Matt Milano. Um, but I think Edmonds is going to be that big loss. Um, where, Andy, where are these guys? Are they going to improve? I mean, they were one of the best teams in the competition last year. What say you? Um, 
can they improve? Well, they probably can because look, they they bowed out in the in the playoffs. Unfortunate circumstances with the rematch um, against the Bengals, uh, and they really underperformed. And I think as a fan base, you'd be pretty pretty mm. upset when you've got mm. you know the fourth best defense in the league. Um, or there, thereabouts uh, per uh, DVOA anyway. Um, special teams is great. Offense so is good. awesome. Um, and you've like, yeah, they lost Tremaine Edmonds, but they brought in Leonard Floyd as well to help yeah. ease up Von Miller Nuts. and Ed Oliver and Greg <sighs> Rousseau and Shaq Lawson. And look at that defense, man. Dalton Kincaid in the first round at tight end to add to Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. Trent Sherfield as well, a speedy little guy that they picked up from Miami. Mm. Um, it's running back by committee. Um, I think it's a, it's got to be their chance, and if they don't make the most of it soon, then they're going to end up having to pay guys and let guys go. And you know, yeah. the likes of Von Miller only have a shelf life. Um, so you really yeah, got They've got to make the most of this for sure. Al, what do you think, mate? It's time. Although they took the interesting move of extending Sean McDermott and Brandon Bede through to 2027. McBean. Which just takes a bit of pressure off, doesn't it? I like, I, I don't know if fans would like that. I think there's a bit of like upset within the fan base that, you know, is McDermott the guy who can take us over the hump? Jeez, it's difficult to please everyone, isn't it? You're making divisional rounds or AFC title games every single year. And if you can't get to the big dance, people want you gone. Jack, I thought Josh Allen had one of the most interesting years. Mm, agreed. He was PFF's third graded quarterback in the NFL. He had the highest big time throw rate of any starter. So 7.6% of his throws were big time throws per PFF. He also had 33 turnover-worthy plays, which tied with Tua and Geno and Carson Wentz. He had the highest average depth of target of starting quarterbacks of 10.2, and he was the best quarterback under pressure, third most scrambles. So he went full Wyoming Josh Allen gunslinger. He's just going to be a bit more aggressive, take some chances, maybe turn it over a few times, but hurt you with his legs and his long completions to Stefan Diggs. Speaking of Stefan Diggs, mm. Mm. what's Standing this guy Stephon. doing? What's going on here? I, That's, I don't know. Oh. He, he'll smells, be fine. It smells to me like it's a little bit worse than it's coming out. Like it seems like diva stuff and I'm not getting enough of the ball. And it seems like he's just a real butthurt guy at the moment. And is it is it chemistry breaking? Is it relationship breaking? What well, do you reckon, that's a really good segue because, Alistair, you brought up some of the stuff that I wanted to talk about. Mm. They've got Dalton Kincaid, I think, the best tight end in the, in the, in the draft, and they've got Dawson Knox there. So they, they, let me just paint a picture, and I'll touch on some of the things that you said, Alistair. So dot 10.2 yards. So yep. he's number one in the NFL. Um, he was second in first downs at 277 right? Second to only Mahomes, who had, a, who had an unbelievable 341 first downs. Yet Mahomes' dot came in at 17th at 7.5. In 2022, Allen's receivers put him second in the league with 35 drops behind Lawrence, who had his receivers had 37. Mahomes and Herbert had almost 10 less drops in this category. Ooh. Also, Allen led the league, I think you noted, on turnover-worthy plays with 33, but his compatriots like Mahomes and Burrow and Herbert had 19, 18, and 14 respectively. So what I'm looking at here 
is that I think that the change that we're going to see in Buffalo is that they're going to remove the big playability and having to rely on Josh Allen to be so risky and make up those third and tens, third and twelves, third and elevens with either his legs or his um, or his arm. I think with Kincaid and Knox, I reckon you're going to see a lot more two tight end sets. You're going to see them moving the ball. Andy, you touched on it with a running back by committee. I think what we're going to see from Buffalo is a far more mechanical and just uh, almost bullish offense that moves the ball on you in different ways. Listen, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes had to do that. In their first Super Bowl, Mahomes was playing out of his skin. He was doing all sorts of stuff. But in their second Super Bowl, what you've looked at is more consistency, um, shorter throws, easier targets, and just moving the ball up and down the field without these big playabilities. Obviously, it's still there. So I think that's where McDermott's going to go. Now, does this tie into Stefan Diggs being unhappy because all of a sudden he's not going to get these big blinding plays? He's got Kincaid Probably. there. They're going to push the ball a little more and they're changing the way they play. I don't know. That's the big bow that I'm, that I'm drawing, but I think there is actually some method to my madness here. I thought that was interesting because this is my Trojan horse. And for the listeners, you know, what what is the unsuspecting kind of strength of this team? I was blown away to see that PFF had them as the number one ranked rushing team in the NFL last season. Mm. I could not believe that. It was all based around Josh Allen himself. James Cook is a rookie, Delvin's younger brother, had a good season. He had 507 yards at 5.7 yards a pop. And Devin Singletary, who's now left for the Texans, had 819 yards. But in comes Damian Harris from the Pats, Latavius Murray, Naheem Hines from the Colts. So to your point, Jack, I think what they might be able to do is a bit more a la KC this year, who used Pacheco and used some... Uh, throws behind the line of scrimmage to take some pressure off their quarterback. If they want to, I think they can do that with the extra tight end and with some of these running backs or ability to run the ball. Uh, to take take the conversation somewhere else, what do we think about this team's offensive line? Because I think that is holding them back slightly. I feel like it's pretty decent on the from the to the left. Connor yep. McGovern, I don't know heaps about. Deion Dawkins is sound. Yeah. Um, added Morse a bit is of, good centre too. Yeah. yeah, Morse is a great centre. Uh, added Osiris Tor- uh, Torrance and Nick Broker in the draft. Osiris Torrance more so. Probably overrated, and that's probably why he fell to the back end of the second. Um, but it, it definitely makes... Uh, just. I feel like for this offence to succeed as it should, um, Josh Allen needs to be hit less. And I know that's a real blanket statement for any um, offense, you know, and their productivity, but he needs to be hit less, pressured less. And while he's a big guy and we're all pumped watching this six foot five guy hurdle dudes, like it's, it's not a, it's not a feasible um, long-term way of doing things. And uh, look, they probably, they probably didn't do enough uh, to that offensive line than they should have over the, over the off season. I think you make a really good point, Al. Yeah, I'd, I would agree. And Dalton Kincaid's not a blocking tight end either. So I think they're very, very weak at that position. And when, when you when you Playoff look... Playoff football, that's where it comes unstuck. 
But when you look mm. at the, but if, if you flip it and look at their defensive side, I, I think they've probably missed a trick with adding another experienced guard on, on the right because you go Rousseau, Lawson, Basham, Jones, Ford, Oliver, Settle, Miller, Floyd, Epineza. My God, that is completely loaded. And you could probably remove someone like uh, even an AJ Epineza or even a Shaq Lawson there to actually invest that um, for Allen. But maybe Allen's gone, no, nah, I'll be okay. Because if you lose, if you if Mitch, if Mitch Morse goes down or if Deion Dawkins goes down, they're cooked, absolutely cooked. But maybe Allen, maybe that's a risk they want to take because they're going to be so dominant on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Change of play caller. McDermott doing it for the first time in ages because Leslie Frazier is gone. We'll see if that makes a difference. Yeah, mm. man. Good team. Very interesting. All Very right. good team. Predictions on this one. Uh, at home, week 16. Pointy end, business end of the season. I will go tomorrow's headline, as I did in the last series. The headline after the Chargers play the Bills is reliable, resilient, and repetitive. Bills learning to win easy. I think we lose this game by 10-plus points. I'll give my own headline in response. Bolts brutalize Bills. Fuck off, Jack. (laughs) Chargers win this one by 7-plus points. No one's expecting it. It's towards the end of the season, week 16, Saturday night football. And I think this is the time where there will be proper hype about the Chargers because it will be prime time, two of the best teams in the NFL, and the Chargers will stand up to the occasion, is my prediction. All right. Quite polarizing uh, predictions. I like it. I am going. I love you, Jack. I love you, man. I love you. I love you, man. I love you, man. I love you too, man. I'm going with a close loss. Uh, I'd love to be on the narrative of the Chargers picking up steam and the the hype being real. Um, But I think this could very well be the Bills' year um, if if things go right for them. So I'm going to go with a close loss, maybe three points or less. uh, getting Getting the L here. All right, uh, I will take the Miami Dolphins next. We've got them at home week one to a bowl two, I believe. Um, yeah, they had a, a really kind of sad sack way to end the year. Uh, they were seven, seven and three at the week 10 bye, looking great. Tua was sort of struggling to get consistent game time with injuries, which is becoming a real storyline for his career. Finns fans, no doubt, feeling blessed by where they were at. Then they won two of the next seven. Saw them slump to nine and eight and just hang on for a wild card spot, uh, losing in the first weeks to the aforementioned Buffalo Bills in a pretty close game. Um, that playoffs football just doesn't work for the Bills yet. Uh, they've added cons- well more speed and size to an already swift wide receiver group. Chosen Anderson, the artist formerly known as Robbie. <laughs> Joining the ranks from Arizona <laughs> and Braxton Berrios uh, adding slot depth, slot depth from the Jets. Uh, drafted Elijah Higgins from Stanford, six foot three, and added running back from Texas A&M, Devon Archane to aid Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. As I see this becoming somewhat of a three-headed monster, um, run by Mike McDaniel's, a la the, how the 49ers have been when um, oh, before Christian McCaffrey. Um, added in uh, in free agency for insurance on the offensive line, Isaiah Wynn and Cedric Ogbui. Um, that line ranked 29th in pass blocking in 2022. So uh, for this team to succeed, that really needs to be um, 
improved so Tua stays healthy and uh, the ball can get out to um, this bevy of awesome wide receivers, Hill, Waddle, etc. Um, the chat is in uh, camp for the Dolphins that neither Mike White nor Skylar Thompson are looking anything like they have in the, um, in the pros. Skylar Thompson was... When he stepped in, to me, was always a bit of a, um, a pleasant surprise. Um, hmm. And Mike White obviously had some good games with the Jets. But, yeah, they're relying pretty heavily on Tua to be right and looked after and ready to go. And he looks like he's jacked on a, a bit of stock. Um, so hopefully he can pr- protect himself a little bit better. Um, as far as other inclusions offensively and, and guys leaving, Mike Jacecki left. Um, so they've they've sort of shirked the... Um, the catching tight end, Derham Smythe, does a little bit of that and brought in uh, some depth with Eric Sorbet from the Broncos. Um, good line uh, for the most part, Teron Armstead. But the big, the big kettle of fish is the is the defense. Um, Josh Boyer's blitz hard mentality and compromising scheme is out the door, and in comes the big Capricola, Vic Fangio. Fangio. Could, um, I'm sure, Al, when we when we randomly divvied up this team, all you wanted would have wanted to do is talk about Vic Fangio and his defense, and I think that's why you leapt at the opportunity in the last episode talking about Joe Barry and, and Green Bay. Um, could there could there have been a better roster on offer for Vic Fangio to come out of his retirement? A better a better roster suited to the the schematics and the chaos of his defense. Um, the Chargers. Yeah, but potentially, but I, I actually think this <laughs> one's <call>. better, <laughs> um, at least at the front. Um, the size and agility, the versatility, he likes to run that four zero four technique for his interior three. Zach Siler, Raekwon Davis, and Christian Wilkins. Um, there's speed and bend available at the 7 or 9 technique. Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, Emmanuel Ogbo on rotation. Um, more than capable off-ball linebackers in the stocks there. Um Hmm. Interiorly, David Long joins from the Titans and Jerome Baker re-signed three years, 33 mil. Um, but look, the biggest new name in the Aquamarine of Miami is Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> Ooh, uh, yeah. Teaming him up with Xavier Howard, Kata Kuhu, uh, and second round pick Cam Smith. Um, They're a fun team, man. Oh man, this defense is nasty business. Um, and they just sort of shirk at the idea of hanging on to a guy like... Um, uh, Melvin Ingram, who's now just floating off into the abyss unsigned, but no space for him. Um, Javon Holland obviously caps off uh, this defense, and apparently it's Vic's, Vic's guy, uh, his his dude, the the Javon Hamon, if you will, the cured meat of uh, Vic Fangio's Miami defense. Um, we're going to see a lot less blitzing from the Dolphins, more restraint, um, more conceived pressure, like we spoke about with that Fangio uh, defense, the three, four, and just not giving up the big plays, you know, Mm. forcing the pressure for, um, unsuspecting quarterbacks to, um, get frustrated, not be happy with the dink and dunk that sort of works against this scheme, but then just blow up and start throwing picks to Ramsey, um, Howard, Howard, a lot of them. Um, I think it's a bit, I can't say it's unfortunate the way that the, um, the way that the schedule comes out, but I think it, it just sucks that we're playing them in week one um, for mine. I think the defense, you know, a couple of the guys have had experience. Jalen Ramsey played a similar sort of defense under Staley in, in LA. And I just, I don't think there's going to be that many teething issues with this group gelling into what Fangio is going to run. So um, 
look, uh, you know, playing them in week one to be the best, you've got to beat the, the better teams uh, when they're at their best. So it's going to be a big challenge for us, I think, um, in week one. Jack, what do you think? Do you think Herbert can shake the monkey of the experienced defensive coach having having their way with him? Yeah, I, I actually disagree. I think I think it's fantastic to get them in week one. I think that there's a lot of movement. There's been a lot of movement off-season-wise. They've lost a lot of players, as you said, Gesicki, Rowe, um, you know, losing players like Ingram, uh, Eric Fisher walks, you know, Trey Flowers goes. Yeah, you've got... You know, Mike McDaniel got the swag. Oh, it doesn't matter who we get in, man. You know, suck on my vape on the sideline. Yeah, no, play the game, man. That's okay. But I think that teams like this take some time to gel. Tua, Ridiculous. Tua is not a good quarterback. I, I will say that. I mean, he's, he's maybe middling. Uh, but yeah, I, I think getting them week one as they're sorting stuff out will be okay. Fangio's experience, don't get me wrong, but... Yeah, that the defense is going to be something, but I don't think it's going to be something in week one. I could live to eat those words. I think we see this defense really come into um, come into play week six onwards. So uh, I'm, I'm actually quite bullish. I'm actually quite bullish mm. that we've got them early. No, that's that's fair. The only reason that I say that week one is probably not ideal is because there's a better chance that two is going to be healthy to play. And as I said, you don't want to play against second and third stringers, but their offense will be shot, in my opinion, without Tua. And that's I also saying, think that, that's saying something as well. I also think these are two of the best coaches in the NFL on either side of the ball, and for them to have you know all off season to prepare for Week One, I'm sure each of them will throw a few wrinkles at us. Hopefully, so will Kellen Moore and Brandon Staley. I want to talk about where this team's guts are, where, what makes them so good, and it, it to me it's very clear that this is the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. Tyreek Hill. PFF's number one graded receiver in the NFL last year with his 1,700 yards and seven tutties. Waddle was their 12th ranked. So you've got two receivers in the top 12. Waddle had the highest yak yards after catch per reception in the NFL. Both were in the top 10 for total yak. Tyreek Hill's the highest graded wide receiver on targets of 20 plus yards down the field. And Waddle's the second highest on intermediate targets of 10 and 19. So you've got this deep legend in Hill. You've got Waddle on those famous 49ers-esque play action crosses where you hit him over the middle and he runs for 50 yards after the catch. They're almost unstoppable, except... If Tyreek Hill behaves like a moron off the field and the, the NFL are investigating this assault listeners. Per a report I read online, the dispute involving Tyreek's recent allegation of assault was that he, um, he entered or was invited or entered a docked private boat. The captain of the boat told him to nick off and Hill allegedly said to the captain, I can buy you and the boat got angry, and when he was being uh, restrained, he slapped a boat employee who was 57 years old, trying to remove him, and then, as he's walking off, told one of his associates, give him $200, give him $200, and the boat employee refused the $200, and now the NFL is looking into this, and if it sounds in any kind of suspension, we have them in week one, so this guy can't stay out of his own way. Unbelievable story. $200. I'll take $200 million. Thank you, Mr. Hill. Uh, yeah. 
It's going to be, an, and you know what? You know what it's going to be. Tua is going to come in with confidence, but if we get to him early, if we rattle his cage, and I don't, I don't wish um, ill of any player that plays the game, but he's got the concussion history. It's it's going to be under the microscope because it's going. It's the battle of you know Justin and Tua. If we rattle his cage early. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, and and you, you, as I said, we're not hoping for a concussion. We're not hoping for, for an injury. Um, but like any QB, you know, I've had a really good offseason. All of a sudden, I get Khalil Mack absolutely polax me out of nowhere. I'm going, whoa, okay, not sure what I'm doing here. All right. <laughs> yeah, good, uh, good points well made. Uh, predictions, Jack? The newspaper headline is... As I alluded to, speed does not always kill, but the QB debate is 10 feet under. I think we win this game by eight plus points. Ooh, we haven't been on the same page for this series because I'm un- unpopularly going to predict that the Chargers lose week one by less than a touchdown between one and six points. But here's the caveat. If Tyreek Hill is suspended, I change my tip. Chargers will win if there's no Tyreek Hill, but if Hill plays, I think they get their revenge from last season. All right. Um, I am going to say that Herbert can shake the monkey off his back with the experienced defensive coaches having their way, and we get the win. Maybe four points or thereabouts. Whether Tyreek Hill plays or not, we did a really good job. The Chargers' defense did a really good job at stopping Tua from throwing in the middle of the field and made him push it outside the numbers, and he stunk. So we've done a good job at exploiting his weaknesses. No doubt they'll come out with something that will challenge uh, that plan of attack from us, but I think we'll get it done. Start the year off 1-0. Good. Love it. Very good. Uh, New York Jets, <laughs> Alistair. The New York Jets, and I've got a feeling Goddamn Jack's going to be ready to shoot from the hip about this team. <laughs> uh, this this team whose fans have just been waiting essentially since the glory days of Namath in the last 60, in the late 60s, just to have God. something to celebrate. We should empathize with this team. We're a bit of a tortured fan, um, fan base ourselves. But look, last year they finished 7-10. and 10. But they were just killed by the worst kind of quarterback play. From Zach Wilson to Joe Flacco to Mike White to Chris Strebler. So they started all right, and then they lost seven of their last eight games to kind of end with a damp, wet fart and miss the playoffs. (laughs) This team, though, had something genuine to hang their hat on. They They were PFF's number two ranked defense last year. Incredible job by Salah. They, and this is a great stat. They blitzed the least in the entire NFL and had the third highest pressure percentage. That's the blueprint. Rush with four, pressure the quarterback. And when you've got guys like Quinn and Williams and Carl Lawson and Jermaine Johnson, uh, Bryce Huff, it really helps. So you look at this team's offseason, and I've got these vibes that I had about the Cleveland Browns when we did this show a few years ago before we started Thunder Down Under, where you look on the roster on paper and you just see talent everywhere. You see stars everywhere. We know they've made big uh, big moves, bringing in Rodgers, Green Bay Packers-esque players. Nathaniel Hackett comes in. Mm. Haven't lost too many. Elijah Moore is a receiver. 
um, is someone who might have success in, in Cleveland, but it wasn't working. Mike LaFleur leaves, I think, unfairly. It was clear that the owner, Woody Johnson, wanted some change, and he goes to the Rams. In comes Hackett. Jack, I'll set you up because I know you're ready to explode. <laughs> in, in Green Bay, I think a an available opinion is that LaFleur fixed Rogers and made him operate within the confines of that offense. Rogers didn't really like it. I know he he was on record as saying there was too much motion. Um, there were times where he just wants to get up and call the play and snap it. Whereas Lafleur is saying, no, no, motion's a good thing to do. We're dragging people and Rogers getting a bit frustrated. It's taking too long to get certain plays off. But within that offense, he was a two-time NFL MVP when he decided to follow the script. Now we have Hackett and Rogers. Who do you think wears the pants there? So do you think Rogers is going to get his way, Jack? And is that good or bad? For the New York listen, Jets. Listen, you, you might think question. that I'm going to absolutely lambast Aaron Rodgers here. And I'm not going to because this is the perfect situation for Aaron. All Aaron wants is to sit in a quiet room with all his followers around him. He's, he's got a ponytail and they're going, all praise Aaron, all praise Aaron, all praise Aaron. Silence! You will all do 24 hours, no speaking. That's what Aaron Rodgers wants. That's what he wants and he's got it in New York. He has it. I'm sorry. And it's Does perfect. He? Can he do it's, that? It's perfect because he's got Hackett, who's we can see he's an absolute walkover with uh, Russell Wilson. And you've got a defensive-minded head coach in Salah. So if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm going, Salah, just support me. I'm better than the OC. You have no idea about uh, offense. I do. I'm a two-time MVP. I know exactly what I'm doing. I've got a young receiving core. I've got a young team around me. I'm going to take it. Now, the danger with this is, and, and I think this is boom or bust. This is not a, oh, the, the, New, York, the New York Jets might win it next year. This is win now. And it goes two ways. And they're pretty clear ways. I think it's not hard to understand that this is going to just absolutely destroy the New York Jets and Salah is in, is in a bit of trouble or it works really well. And you have a young team that's looking up to a quarterback who is an incredible player. One of the favorites. Yes. I've been very negative about him. His personality, him as a player is incredible. I think this is perfect name up in lights. He can go to Broadway. He can do his things. He can eat at vegan restaurants. He can go into the subway tunnels and do his 30 hours of silence, whatever it may be. This is good for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> This is good for Aaron Rodgers, and I think it's good for New York football because, yes, gangrene, you deserve it. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers' offense, and I think they're going to be okay too. Yeah, I don't know how much silence you're getting in subway tunnels, but, mm. um, uh, yeah, it's going to be one of those hard ones where it's like I'm your coach, not your mate. If um, Nathaniel Hackett turns around and goes, no, no, you're doing as I say. And this is not Green Bay. This is not your house. You're, you know, part of the plan if you do it this way. Um, whether Aaron cuts sick at that and, you know, becomes a diva, it's possible. But um, he's, he's got a good, he's got a bloody good setup. It's just a, a very hard division for them to be competing in, um, kind of hashing this together. A lot of reliance on... I don't look. I mean, you could you couldn't really argue that Source Gardner would regress. Uh, all of his traits are fantastic. Um, they've got a, an awesome defense. Um, Chuck Clark unfortunately misses out the the ACL tear and the OTAs, but um, yeah, I, 
I'm just, I think, is it is it one of those ones, do you think, guys, where if Ro- Rogers plays well, like really well, like is is it one of those ones where if he plays well, they're winning this division? Is there a, is there a world where they win this division? Oh, sky's the limit if Rogers puts in an MVP caliber season because the team around him is on a similar level to the Bills. Like, they haven't shown it yet. Maybe there'll be growing pains, as Jack was saying about Miami. But, God, they no- they knocked last year's draft class out of the park. To go, Source Gardner, who the... How can you be best cornerback in the NFL as a rookie? Ridiculous. Brees Hall looked phenomenal before his yes. injury. He's and then let's, let's give some credit to Garrett Wilson. Last year... He had 139 targets, 1,100 yards, four touchdowns. His 4.7 yards of yak per reception was similar numbers to Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. This is the best stat, 22 missed tackles forced, second yeah, best in the amazing. NFL after Debo. He's a star. He's, He's a, a star. genuine star. So, yeah, wow. Yeah, this team excites me. You never know how they actually go out and perform does Rogers do a calf earlier in, early in the year and then you've got Zach Wilson in there and you're losing some games? Maybe that happens. It's within the realm of possibilities, right? But there's mm. genuine reasons to be excited, I think, as a Jets fan for the first time in a long time. Yeah, the um, they get so high and they fall so hard, don't they, the Jets fans? I feel like they just get so amped. They clutch onto any possible like positivity and then when it just falls out from underneath them, they're smattered on the pavement. Um, oh, look, I, I, I've always been a fan of Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, I mean, I don't really want to see him win with the Jets because, uh, like you said, Al, they're a troubled franchise just like the Chargers are. Uh, we need to get so, there first. So fuck them. Fuck them all. <laughs> <clears throat> Predictions for the at New York Jets week nine Monday night football uh, bout. Al, what do you reckon? I'm going to go Chargers loss in this one by less than a score. Monday Night Football at New York. Uh, Yeah, that's my prediction. Can't have them winning every game. Chargers drop this one away from home. I am in agreement with you here. This is Monday Night Football. This is the, the headline in all of the New York papers. Will be from one MVP to another. You'll be all right, kid. I am going to guess that Herbert has a huge game. Rogers has a huge game, but has the game-winning drive. And they embrace in the middle of midfield. And the next morning, you're going to have Aaron Rodgers going, that Herbert, he's, he's, he's it. He's it. Um, Come smoke with me. Let's smoke <laughs> the off-season away. Brisket. Brisket. Yeah. We're smoking brisket. <laughs> yeah. We're smoking like, brisket. I'll smoke my brisket. Yeah. You can twirl your pipe, pal. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm all, yeah I, they're losing. Yeah, yeah I have. Uh, I, I never would have thought when you look at the roster that you actually consider the New York Jets to be a loss, but I feel like this is a this is a building little snowball that got there in the, um, the gangrene, and I'm going to take a, a close loss uh, on Monday Night Football as well. All right. All right. Uh, last but not least, our favourite, the New England Patriots. And, well, look, it's, it's kind of nice to look at the Patriots and see them not uh, coming close to winning the division, just for a change. They went 8-9, and nine, um, and their last month really capping off a year where a bunch of things didn't sort of feel right or go right at all. 
They lost to the Raiders in week 15, close loss at home to Cincy. They beat the Dolphins and then lost to the Bills and missed the playoffs. Um, Mac Jones screaming at his play caller, Matt Patricia, when he was given the reins. Bill wanted to call a bit as well. Um, and the wheels were sort of, felt like they were, they were falling off the Belichick bus. Well, now Bill has brought back his old mate, Bill, and Bill and Bill are going to rebuild this team together just as they did from 2007 to 2011. Uh, a bit of work to do. 20th rushing and 20th passing offense in the league. Uh, Pats lost Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby, uh, Nicobe Myers. Um, they extend Devontae Parker for another three years at 33 million. Brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. Drafted a couple more wide receivers. And then they brought in the most one of the most exciting tight ends from a year ago, Mike Gisecki, uh, to work in tandem with Hunter Henry. So they're adding some pieces. Um, added some rookie depth and veteran experience at tackle and uh, across the O-line. I think they're going to look a fair bit to use their tight ends in the pass catching options um, and not so much in the the run game. Um, but yeah, look, they've got uh, they've got Nuke Hopkins on the on the end of the hook. No contracts offered just yet, so you know he's he's visited with the Titans as well. But there was chatter early before he was even seeing teams that the um, the Patriots might have been an option for him. So mm-hmm. we'll see if that even you know, makes a huge difference for him because it's, it's Mac Jones really. Um, and for mine, he is, it's not so I'm not sold on him at all. And I think he's, uh, his recent plays sort of earned that on the other side of the ball, ninth overall defense per PFF in 2022, third for tackling such a Belichick stat eighth against the run. Um, they almost left the defense bare in free agency. Uh, they did have 12 picks, so splashing five good picks out of the 12 um, doesn't seem like a lot, but look, they I think they've nailed um, pick 17 with Christian Gonzalez, uh, the big Georgia Tech D-lineman, Keon White, uh, Mate Mapu, another cornerback in the third round, and then two more DBs to round it out in the sixth and the seventh. So uh, it's interesting, whatever future sort of awaits Jack Jones, 10 firearm felony charges laid before him. It's pretty crazy when you think like having two guns means that if you have five charges, it's doubled based on the number of guns that you have on you. Um, unfortunate, apparently he had him in a backpack, tried to board a plane and then forgot. So uh, listening to a bit of Pat's talk today, the, the lawyer will argue mens rea that he didn't <sighs> intend on doing it and hopefully uh, it all comes out. But yeah, just ludicrous. It's, you know, New England are kind of used to well, not not uh, foreign from having the police involved in in their players. Um, well, like men's going to be locked up. That's what it sounds yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Gonzalez will be expected to step in and, and compete from day one. Jonathan Jones, Marcus Jones in the cornerback room. Um, kind of want them to have Jack Jones playing, and then it'll just be the Jones group um, back there. Rumor around Patriots Patriots camp is that they're pretty happy with Jalen Mills' improvement. He could push Adrian Phillips from the starting strong safety role. I don't actually care if he does or not. Um, I, I'm enjoying the fact that this team will potentially lose this division and hopefully just drift off into nothingness. Mm. Um, Chargers at New England in week 13. Um, and I'm going to follow on with my little game narrative from the week one victory over for Fangio's Dolphins and Herbert starting to play. Oh, starting you're launching play... straight into game predictions. I like it. 
Yeah, well, he's gonna he's starting to um to play big boy big boy football against his former big daddies. Um, he cannot be tamed by Darth Bill this time. What do you think of this team, Jack? It's a Bill Belichick team, and they're always going to be roundabouts. Bill Belichick loves young quarterbacks. Bill Belichick <laughs> loves playing the Chargers. Bill Belichick is the ju- Bill Belichick is the judge, jury, and executioner. Uh, Bill O'Brien. He was I th- offensive plays last year. Stay yeah, in your lane, brother. Bill O'Brien will make a difference, I think. And uh, you kind of, uh, you sort of said Mac Jones is not it. And, and I kind of wonder if it's zappy time. Uh, we haven't heard too much oh. about that, that quarterback They brought battle. in Trace McSorley as well. And McSorley. So, it listen, is- Mac Jones proved it two years ago that he's, he's, a, decent, he's a decent thrower. Um, and I think he can move the chains. Gasicki comes in. He's such, he's such a New England player with Hunter Henry. <laughs> Such he's it, it's, oh, he's going to be like yeah he loves doing the the gritty and being lame he's your new Gronk I reckon mm. I think this team is okay uh, and, and and I do think that, that their defense looks okay I'm not sold on Christian Gonzalez as a player I I wasn't okay. uh, in the draft I'm not saying that he's going to be a bad player but I was really worried that we'd take him he, he wasn't my uh, cup of tea that's fine. Dugger Peppers is a, is a sneaky signing as well on the back end at Strong Safety. Um, and our man Adrian Phillips is just playing strong, reliable football. Yeah. Uh, this, this is a tough team and it will be, the, the, there'll be a tough team to beat at New England, I think. I, um, I like the way Marcus Whitman put this um, and I'll steal it. There's a, they're a bit of a motley crew of meh, especially on offense. Last year was the Matt Patricia shit show. Now becomes the Bill O'Brien Bama reunion. And Matt Jones has clearly upset Belichick at some point along the way, either because of yelling at Patricia on the sidelines or making it known that he was reaching out to old Bama coaches for advice. Apparently Belichick hated it. And at OTAs... Yeah, you know, he wants to keep it in the close to the vest, all that kind of stuff, trade secrets and whatnot. But Mac Mac Jones clearly hated Patricia. Recently at OTAs, he's been talking about Bill O'Brien saying, it's been really good. It's been normal. (laughs) Everything he's done so far has been really good. I think the communication is the most important part and trust. (laughs) So, wow. And you know what? I don't blame him because if you look at his 2021, Jack, he had an incredible rookie year, really. To have a PFF grade close to 80, um, you know, 22 touchdowns, 13 picks. Then last year, 14 touchdowns, 11 picks. Look, I'm not going to rule him out yet. It's clearly clear that he has physical limitations. He kind of likes to get it out quickly and he makes good decisions. We'll Mm. see if Bill O'Brien can kind of evoke or elicit some of that skill. But I'm not entirely clear on what the vision is here from Belichick. I think this defense could be one of the best in the NFL. Um, Andy, you mentioned Mate Mapu. He's he's kind of my rated rook. I know Dan Jeremiah loves him out of Sacramento State. He's a safety linebacker convert, a bit like um, uh, Kaiser White, where he just thumps and hits guys. And Matt Judon was talking about him the other day, saying that you know, he runs like a safety runs like a free safety, but stands like a linebacker or an edge player. So that's another guy that can play all three levels. And so just watch, yeah. just watch Christian Barmore as well. He is yeah, going to be a player. 
And also, and, and Josh Uche as well can can really rush the passer. Yeah, they're, they're going to be good because they always are. They always are good Belichick defences. Yeah, well, I mean, you've still got to put points on the board, don't you? On offense. Yeah, the wide receivers are uninspiring, but I'd mm. forgotten. You're right, Andy. I feel way better about this team if DeAndre Hopkins is signed. Suddenly you're talking about Hopkins, Parker, Juju versus Devontae Parker, Juju and Kendrick Bourne. I think that's important. Yep. If they're going to do anything other than finish third or fourth in the AFC East, they need to prop up that wide receiver group. Otherwise, it's just going to be Ramondre Stevenson. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the, the really strong offenses throughout the AFC. It's just going to be low-scoring, dogged football, boring stuff if they uh, if they don't have any kind of explosion on offense. Does does DeAndre Hopkins still have it? Like, there's a lot of chat that it's kind of like a real gamble um, trying to go on a guy that can't run, can't jump anymore. Because I think he Maybe. still wants money. That's the problem. He's not yes. willing to accept this cheap deal. And last year he was okay. Still injury prone, so like a bit like Odell Beckham, Jack. I know you've spoken about him on previous shows. Do you really want to pay thirteen, fifteen plus million dollars for a guy who might not play more than eight games a year? Right? Yes. Yeah. Nah, not for me. How about you, Profi? Mens rea, negligence. We got two two lawyers on the podcast tonight. Just doing my best. <laughs> Just doing my best. Give me a call anytime you need to change the light, though. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I also say that uh, I picked Sidey Sow going to mm. the Patriots and round four. I was going to bring him up. Pick 15, Sidey Sow. My man. My man's there. Hopefully, hopefully. He the gets man, him Jack Reed, has some incredible predictions. And if you don't know, he'll tell you about them. But he really. <laughs> <laughs> but credit where it's due, you did say it and you fucking yeah. nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Sadie Sow. Yeah, I was going to bring him up, but I knew you'd you'd find your way in. You'd Always. leech your way into Sadie Sow, <laughs> big man. Well, on that note, I've got uh, the the Chargers winning this one in New England, week thirteen. Might be a little bit cold, but hey, we're probably going to have to travel somewhere uh, undesirable. Maybe five weeks after this game, but I think we'll get this done. Um, like I said. Chargers now, I think we were given a loss to loss against the Bills and the Jets, so two and two in this uh, division. I went Miami for a loss, Bills for a win, but same same yeah. outcome. Uh, but I will say, say, Jack, yes, I'm tipping the Chargers to win. And it's if they win, and I'm scared to do this because I did it last time we played them two years ago. We're, the Chargers haven't beaten the Pats since 2008 at this point. And it's a bit of, do, do you believe it, you know, until I see it? But no, come on. This is the time. Herbert and all those guys and the defense, we go into New England, win by less than a score is my prediction. Jack, I reckon it looks like you're going the other way. I am going the other way, unfortunately, oh. because the newspaper headline in the morning is going to say, Phil or Justin, who? Huh? The only name the Bolts remember is Daddy Bill. I think Bill Belichick cooks up a defensive storm and Justin Herbert has an absolute stinker and the Patriots win by uh, between five and eight points. Okay. Okay. Getting mm. your lines nice and tight. Uh, mm. Six months out, four months out. All right, so that will wrap up our uh, analysis and predictions on the Chargers 2023 AFC East opponents. Uh, thanks for joining us again, guys. 
If you are new to the show, don't forget to give us a like and subscribe uh, on YouTube, Spotify, however you listen to your podcast. We're there. Rate us, rate the show if you like what we're doing. And um, of course, follow us on Twitter as well. We love getting involved in that. Now that Jack's on school holidays, he'll be going ham on the tweets. At TDU underscore charges is the team page. You can find us at TDU underscore Andy, at TDU underscore Alistair, and the main player at TDU underscore Jack. We look forward to catching up with you guys next time as we go through the AFC West opponents on our next show. Until then, guys, be well. Bolt up. See you then. See you later. Good night to all!